The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary. The podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Arlia. This is the Women's Sanctuary. And if you're tracking, you'll notice I didn't record last week. Between being out of town and being sick, it just didn't happen. So here we are. And I have a guest again this week. Um, This is a friend I've known for a number of years. We've recently reconnected and both discovered we're, we're each doing podcasts, which I think is awesome. So her name is Audrey Janchigo. And Audrey was in corporate America most of her career until the company she'd been with for 15 years was sold and she was let go. She started freelancing as a virtual assistant and did that for a decade until a client hired her exclusively. After her father's passing and the onset of menopause, Audrey realized there was more to life than a corporate job. She is now on a path of research and discovery of where she wants to go next. In the meantime, she has started a blog and a podcast called Sass and Vigor. Welcome, Audrey. Thank you for having me, Arlia. So glad you're here. Um, yeah, so the last time you and I talked, you were just beginning the blog and enjoying that. And that felt, I think at the time you told me, you know, that felt good to have some place to write. Um, tell me what led you into the podcast. It's something, you know, I've been wanting to do for probably four or five years. In fact, I had some of the equipment um, just sitting in a box and I said, okay, finally, I, it just, I just wanted to do it. And it's kind of, I guess, being able to um, put some of this stuff, you know, not just doing it in writing, but being able to also do it um, with my voice and being in, and like you're doing interviewing other people, other women in particular, there'll probably be some men in there, but <laughs> um, just, just as a, uh, a creative outlet. Yeah. Well, you know, the, um, you mentioned in your bio, you know, the passing of your father and menopause. And I think the, 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 the time of midlife is definitely one of the, the topics I explore. And, um, I was wondering, you know, how that plays in, um, and what what that process was like for you? What what did that awaken in you? And how is that 
gotten you where you you are now? Um, well, you know, for me, I lost my, my mother 14 years ago and it was, it was fairly quick. Mm -hmm. Um, it it was, was well, as well with my dad, but, um, you know, I think where I am now, it just, it just was this life is too short, uh, cause you just never know. And my dad admitted he really wasn't doing what he wanted to do until he turned 73 years old and he died at 86. Wow. You know, and, and I thought, boy, all the years that he stayed, uh, and he owned, I mean, he owned a construction company, but it really wasn't what he wanted to do. Um, and it just got me thinking and I thought, mm-hmm. okay, it's, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm still, I'm on that journey of figuring out exactly what that is, but I want to be in a place of when I get out of bed in the morning, my hit, my feet hit the floor. I'm glad they're hitting the floor and I'm glad to be headed someplace to be doing something I enjoy that also brings joy to other people. I'm just not sure what that is yet. <laughs> I think a lot of us are in that, in that position. Tell me about, tell me about the, your thought process about, about where you've, some of the things you've looked into. Um, well, I looked into doing, I love to cook. So I'm still kind of, and that's really, I'm passionate and it's something that I've just really come to realize in the last, I'd say really the last couple of weeks, to be honest, mm-hmm. when I'm really looking at when I'm doing something, I'm totally lost in it where time passes and I don't even realize an hour's gone by. Um, so cooking is one of those things for me, It'd be it baking or meal prep, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can do the same thing with, with gardening. Um, I lose, I lose track of time. So I'm, I'm trying to really analyze anything that I do during the day. Where am I with it mentally? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. You know, am I, am I tight in the chest or, you know, are my, am I feeling just muscle tension as I'm doing it? Exercise not included. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's, 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 yeah, that's, it's hard to, it's, it's, I, at other times I find it frustrating that I don't know what my, you know, what my true passion is. And then I, I think a lot of us do this. we start to beat ourselves up. Why can't I figure this out? Um, you know, and then it, and it's also putting, for me, it's putting, um, relying on my, on my faith to say, okay, I know, you know, I've got to trust and, and open my eyes and my ears that, that something might be right in front of me and I'm just being human and not seeing it or hearing it. Right. So it's just, it's, it's work. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop you right there. We're at 604. Um, when you put your hands down, I think you're hitting the mic because I'm hearing a thumping noise. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I, I so relate to that. I mean, I, I remember after my midlife review is what I'll call it started fairly early like late 30s early 40s with after my divorce and it was also also the sense of given the opportunity to reinvent yourself is fantastic and it's overwhelming yes because there are if you give yourself permission then the world is your oyster and then it's it it can be overwhelming. And I have a feeling a lot of people are actually in that phase right now because of our society 
and being in such flux, suddenly their job is gone or they're home all the time and they have the opportunity or have been forced to have the opportunity to review what their life is like and if they enjoy it and if not, what they would change. I love what you're saying about the checking in with your body and seeing if it's, if you're relaxed in it or if you're losing time. That's, you know, that's the, to me, the biggest clue of something creative that is you're in your own flow is the cooking or the gardening. Yeah. Um, what else have you noticed? You know, one of the things I like about it and, and not being in the corporate thing, corporate world too, is, is I'm in control of my time mm-hmm. and that's important to me. So I'm looking at it from that aspect of, as well. And of course the, you know, yeah, monetary plays a, plays a role in it. I mean, I'm married, but we rely on my income as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that adds to the pressure of it. And I think that's why, you know, um, if we don't take this time to do the research and just jump into something else, which I almost did another, another, yet another corporate job. (laughs) Um, You're just not being kind to yourself. Hmm. Talk about self-kindness. I'm big on, you know, I'm, I've learned to be big on boundaries because I think, I think without them, you don't, you don't make it a priority. And I mean, even from, even looking back at when um, my mom and dad lived 600 miles away, they lived in Michigan. So when one, both of each of them were sick, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a just around the corner, go visit type mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, but I had to, I, there were times, you know, where I had to say, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I can't come up there right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I find now what I'm, I'm doing, um, is I, I, I kind of use, I, I like to use time blocking. Um, and I will actually take a calendar and time block it out, you know, so that my, my, um, breakfast time is mm-hmm. same time every, my, my, you know, and, and I don't allow phone calls and I don't have my cell phone with me. Um, same with exercise. Um, it's just, I think that's huge. Turning off the technology. I am so, I, I have to admit, at this age, I am overwhelmed by technology. Yeah. I And I I so admire you because just being able to walk away from it is big at this yeah. point because we're all addicted to it and attached to it 24-7. That's really, and time blocking, that's, <laughs> that is great. And, and, and like all my inner bells go off because I, <clears throat> I pretty much don't do that, but I, I do without structure. Like I, I just, my body just dictates that for me. Like I'm not very good at interacting or meeting or being productive until about 10 or 1030 in the morning. I just know that about myself. And I certainly have not yet, <laughs> you know, gotten that much distance from the the technology. But um, I love that you brought up boundaries because that's a big, it's a big piece of my work. But what I had to do for myself and what I teach others, mm-hmm. because as women, we're certainly not taught boundaries. We're taught the opposite. Yeah. Of how to give and give and give until we have nothing left to give and to put our le- our needs last. 
right? Yeah. Do you have kids? No, no okay. kids. She's just, just a dog. Not from lack of trying, but. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's between that and work and, and partners. Those are the big areas where we're just, you know, it, it absolutely, if, if, if you're not exercising strong boundaries, I think most of us tend to just give it all away until we've got nothing left to give. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't imagine what it's like right now um, for parents with young kids, particularly younger children um, of all being home, stuck home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not in your normal routine. The kids aren't in their normal routine. I think it's really important that both adults take a look at how they're structuring their day being home all the time and make that time for each of them to have, um, to have their own time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was on a, on a webinar the other day with, um, it was a group kind of like a walking group, but now we're zooming. Um, and one of the gals said, yeah, her and her husband, you know, they've had to learn to trade off that one day she's bad guy and he's good guy. And, Mm. and, you know, they switch when they need to, and they're, but, but they're making it, um, they're making it a goal. It's not the word I want to use, but um, priority to each have alone time, you know, to where they're not dealing at all with the kids or their jobs. And they, they can go do, you know, even if it's, <laughs> even if it's just watching something on TV, you know, binge watching something, um, but they've got that alone time. And yeah. I think that's important. Absolutely. I, um, I, had a, I had a therapist say to me not too long ago, you know, just that they just drop those little nuggets at you. Yeah. She said, I, I just noticed that, you know, you actually find some clarity and some creativity when you get enough alone time. And that was just a big aha moment. Not that I didn't know that, but just to hear someone else reiterate that for me, like, it's not just something you want to have. It's critical for my own self-care and for my ability to create. And I think that's likely necessary for a lot of people. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people think about it. You know, they just, they're in their, they're in their routine. They're in their, how they've done things all the time um, mm-hmm. without, without putting them looking at where, where they could take better care of themselves. Yeah. I'm also thinking about what you said about um, balancing, you know, our own creative pursuits with income. I find that I find that a big challenge for me these days. Um, and it takes work. I mean, I, I think, I think one of the lies we believe is that you find what you're going to do and you do it and you're going to make money and you're going to, you know, I don't know about today's kids. They may be getting a completely different message, but that's the message I got. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, I think the other, the other message that we get as well is is more from external. um, Mm -hmm. Oh, there's no way you're going to be able to make money doing that. You know, instead of getting the support, it's, it's, which then starts creating Mm self-doubt, you know? um, Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you work with self-doubt? I'm bad about it. Honestly, I, I kind of, I, you know, I get mad at myself cause I beat myself up. Um, 
It's like, okay, Audrey, stop, get off this train. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do real good with it. I, and, and it's also something I'm working on is, is just don't, don't doubt. I had, I, I mentioned it to a friend the other day about somebody else had said, you've just got to take the risks. You know, you'll either fail or, you know, you'll succeed at it. And she said, quit using the word risk. She said, call it an inspirational opportunity. She said, by calling it a risk, it's already got a negative connotation to it. And I'd never thought about that before. Yeah, I hadn't either. But it resonated when she said it. Inspirational opportunity. I like that. Yeah. That's like, um, it's not a problem. It's a growth opportunity, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Learn from it. Learn from it. Yeah, damn those growth opportunities. <laughs> I mean, we've got, I think we've got more than our fair share at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. How have you been navigating COVID 2020? <laughs> um, turning off the TV has been a big thing. Um, I'm not a big news watcher anyway. I haven't been for probably the last five or six years. I'll watch it just to get just, you know, things have happened in the world. And a friend will say, oh, did you? Well, oh, did that happen when? <laughs> you know, it was even as much as a wildfire in California or an earthquake or something that I didn't know about. Um, mm. But yeah, media to me, mm, don't even get me started on that one. That could be a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> oh, we can go there. We can go there. <laughs> I have family members who are glued to the TV and I just, I can't handle it. No, it's and, and I feel for them because I feel like they're they're swimming in it and they don't have a chance to experience or think anything different. No, exactly. And there and and so much of our media today is I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know that we can go any place and get true, honest what's going on. Um it's it's so sensationalized and it's every channel, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm what you're watching or listening to on the radio, even Um, it's just. My favorite favorite example is the weather channel. So back in the eighties, when the weather channel debuted, it was a ticker tape of forecasts, maybe some headlines and a lot of elevator music and maybe some, some, graphs and some commentators but it was my parents would turn it on for the elevator music and just have something soothing in the background (laughs) well now they're as sensationalized as everybody else right Mm -hmm. you know world's worst storms you know or or disasters caught on tape it's like oh my goodness yeah it's it is programming it Mm -hmm. is brainwashing yeah and it's almost, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like some of the commercials that are out there. Do they think we're that stupid? They do. But people are <laughs> bought, buying into it. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, so with, yeah. So with the COVID, okay, that's, yeah, I just, I just I limit my, limit my media and try not to get, I, I, it's not my personality to really get in the, the, um, gloom and doom, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I know everybody's tired of hearing 
you know, we're all in this together, whatever the phrase is. Um, but I really, I'm looking at this as an opportunity for a lot of people to slow down, reevaluate what they're doing every day, um, getting to know their children. Mm. You know, it's, it's, when they, they come home exhausted from work at the end of the day, you're not your best and you're not giving your children their, your best. Um, yes. And I'm saying this from a, you know, from a place of, of not having kids. Um, but I I've seen it, I've seen enough mm-hmm. of it to, to, to see it um, and realize that I think this is, I think in the big scheme of things, we're going to come out better on the other side. Um, you know, one of the things I've found frustrating for me is that the constant show of numbers mm-hmm. of, you know, who's gotten it, who's tested positive and all of that, um, you know, and the number, of course the numbers are going to increase because they're doing more testing. I mean, that's the, but they're not comparing, comparing it to, Say when it's when it started in the winter, you know, or really March. March is when it really they admitted it, um, but the numbers were already, I think, being uh, accounted for. We still lose more people to the flu. Yeah, and they don't put it in context. That's mm-hmm. that's really you know what I'm what you what I think you're saying is, yeah. is the context of not only you know those numbers are those who've tested positive, that doesn't mean those are the symptomatic people. No. And, or can you put that in perspective as to, at least in the U S what percentage of the population is that? Well, it's different than, you know, what percentage of the population it is in Italy or Spain or France. Exactly. And I was thinking about this recently, you know, after nine 11, there was some renewed criticism about the media being so, U.S. focused that that it was it was not just creating it was confirming our echo chamber of the U.S. of you know we are the U.S. we are the best and briefly after that their coverage became more global but I think we're right back where we started I mean they have to look at the global situation of the pandemic but they're still so focused on you know, what the U.S. is doing, what our problems are, that we lose the perspective of how we fit into the world, except for maybe all the criticism of how badly we're doing things or, you know, and global criticism of us. But, you know, I feel like we we don't get, we don't get a true picture of anything, really. No. I I don't care what side you're on. I feel like we don't get, I feel like we're living in a, okay, I'm going to say this, in a propaganda state at this point. And so I haven't said that out loud, but I, but that's been my, my premise from which I say it all comes back to you, right? And what's, Mm -hmm. what's true for you and what's, that's the only thing that you can really rely on, right? Is your own experience and what's, what's true for you and, and how you choose to, to operate. Yeah, that's very true. And, and and unfortunately, if there is something we want to know more about, we've got to do our own research. 
you know, it's just and it's and thank God we we know we we live in the age of the internet where we can. Yeah, it is out there. Yeah, want to know something. Exactly. It's kind of the difference between you know, cooking your own meal and heating up a TV, a TV dinner. Woohoo! <laughs> How long has it been since you heard that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the Swanson's dinners when mom and dad would have their date night on Saturday. We got the Swanson's chicken and mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we would have those every Sunday night. <laughs> we would all have our little TV trays and our, our, our TV dinners and we'd watch, I think we would end up watching Masterpiece Theater because it was the only thing on on Sunday night. <laughs> So that's dating me. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. I just did too. <laughs> um, so I don't necessarily long for the good old days, but I do feel like we are. Um, it's definitely an invitation to simplify our lives. Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, I'll go back to the whole, my comment regarding technology. I'd almost like to see restaurants say, leave your cell phone in the car, Mm. leave your iPad in the car. You know, it's, you don't have to be on it 24 seven. And I think it's sad to see kids on them so often, you know, it's like, well, rather than having a conversation with my kid, I'll just give them a device and that way they won't Mm -hmm. bother me. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I, it just, I, I think it's, I think that's a, big starting point is just reducing, you know, reducing the time. Um, you know, when you hear about the, you know, we had bullies in school too, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but when you hear about the bullying and on Facebook or Pinterest, you know, come on, you know, it's, um, there's a lot in this world right now. I just want to, <laughs> you want to go fix it. <laughs> I want to fix it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you told, I think, well, speaking of fix it, you told me recently about how you were kind of backing up and, and instituting some boundaries and not, not, not feeling the need to fix the world. <laughs> how are you, how are you doing that? You do <laughs> well, that? apparently I'm not based on my last comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know, um. You know, one of my emails uh, addresses, without saying the whole email address, is it's it actually is not my problem. Yes, I I emailed you at that one many times, and I loved that. <laughs> and you know, sometimes I just have to I just have to remind myself it's not my problem. I can't mm-hmm. fix it. Um, you know, I can't carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. Um. The things I can fix, then I, you know, I, I make an effort to fix them. But all I can do, and I think that's probably part of why I even started the podcast, um, was to throw topics out there and mm-hmm. maybe get a discussion started. Um, either with, you know, it may not be with me, but to other people having a discussion mm-hmm. um, about what they heard. <laughs> um, yeah, can't fix. I, yeah, I can't. There's a lot of things that I that I think are wrong, but it's my opinion. That I also have to remind myself that's my opinion, mm, and not right. always the opinion of others. Mm-hmm. I listened to the episode about uh, 
turn signals. Oh, yes. That was very funny. <laughs> I, f- I have a feeling you have a lot of stories like that. I do. And that's, you know, and part of that was, that was, I guess, I'm a very linear thinker. But I have this humorous side to me. In fact, it's one of my top characters, top five character strengths. Um, and I want to use, kind of use some more of that. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, I think, I think we all could use a little bit more humor and, and that's, you know, when you really, I'm one of those people where I guess I look at the day to day things and even it, there was also one on bodily functions. I don't know if you got a chance to hear that one. I, I but, saw the, the headline. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> I was um, almost afraid to hit play. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> but you know, it's it's instead of always looking at the bad, look at the good in some of the stuff. Look at the humor in it. Um, you just got to. Otherwise, otherwise you, you're just in this. I think you're kind of in this. De- I don't want to say. I don't want to use the word depressed, but just in a funk. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, if you don't look, look for the good and, and, um, use more gratitude, even for just the littlest things. Um, I've recently gotten to wear on my desk. I've got a gratitude bowl. Mm-hmm. I've got little sheets of paper that sit there. And it, when it, when it hits me that I'm grateful for it, I write it down, throw it in the bowl. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. That's, that's so important because that, that brings perspective. Yeah. And I know there are some people who'd feel like they don't have anything to be grateful for right now, but that there is, if you, if you're looking, you'll find it. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the humor, I was just watching, um, and I don't remember her name. I'll have to put it in the comments in the show, show notes. There's a woman who's doing like these time travel YouTube videos where she's visited by her future self and it's pandemic updates. And so, her April self visits her January self and her June self visits her April self. And the one I just watched was her October self visiting her June self. And, you know, the June self is like, it can't get much worse than this. It can it. And the October person is like, well, <laughs> and, and they're freaking hilarious. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. I'll have to listen to it. They're so funny because it's, and, and I love people who can find, humor in even that black humor in even the darkest of topics. Yeah. And I think we, we really need that. So I, I wholeheartedly encourage your, your humorous podcast because I think it's really necessary, especially for people of our age. Yes. <laughs> you know, mature, mature women who have, who've seen a thing or two and lived through a lot. Um, how, how do you feel about the stage of life? Wow. Um, you know, in some aspects, it's not where I expected to be at this age. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I thought I'd have it all figured out by now, and I don't. Yeah. Um, but it's in a, on, the, on the flip side, what I really like about it is I really don't care about someone else's opinion about what I'm doing. Um, that it, ship sister. has sailed. <laughs> I don't care if they don't like the way, you know, I'm not wearing my hair just right or I'm not dressed, you know, I'm not dressing like I'm the age I am. <laughs> um, so I think it, it's bringing, there's more freedom. Yes. 
um, I, I had a quote for a while at the bottom of one of my email addresses of, um, I'm trying to think of how it was, how, how it was written, but it was along the lines of, if you're always looking for somebody's approval, you're their prisoner. Ooh. And that resonated. And I think that's true. A lot of, when you really think about it. Yes. You've given that person a lot of power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I remember a little bit of echo. I remember at about 50, I got up on my birthday and, and I wasn't expecting this to happen, but my wardrobe suddenly changed. Like I suddenly felt this freedom to just dress however the hell I wanted to. So, you know, funky hats, funky skirts, scarves, whatever the hell I wanted to wear. It was, and I noticed a couple of years later, I woke up around my birthday and felt that same shift of just shedding any regard for other people's opinions. Yeah. That's funny. You bring that up about the wardrobe um, because I recently was cleaning out my closet and I, and I, and I am, you know, I would say my, my prior self was, was more, you know, the, the, I'm not, I'm not going to, not tight fitting, but just fitting, fitted outfits more, you know, and now I am just, as comfortable in what I like to refer to as my muumu dresses. <laughs> I love muumu dresses. <laughs> you know the big, um, the big. Oh, I don't know what to call them. Kind of the flowy prairie dresses. Yeah, are in. Yep. And I will give a shout out to Constance Hall on on Instagram, Mrs. Constance Hall. She she's a a woman in her maybe she's in her mid forties. But she is designing and selling, and she's in Australia. She's designing and selling clothes for women of any size, but really women who are a little bit bigger, who are, and she's designing things that are sexy and comfortable and built, made for their build. And she was um, showing one of these, she has in her line a couple of these big flowy dresses, which are just gorgeous. And she would, you know, either wear them loose with cowboy boots or cinch them. And I was in a boutique um, here a couple of months ago, and I found one similar, and I snatched it up. I'm like, I had to pull out the credit card for that one. But <laughs> I, it was absolutely, because it was it was going to become a, it has become a wardrobe staple. Yeah. Because it's it's like the modern in, incarnation of the moo-moo, right? Yeah. I, I wear it, and it's like a tent, and I feel great, and I look great, or I can cinch it if I want to. You know, it's just, it's about. I've been doing that lately too. It's about redefining your style because not only it's that cycle, right? Yep. Your, your energy impacts your style, but your style impacts your energy. Yeah, that's very true. And, 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 and the reality of it is, is when I hit menopause, you know, my little midsection there got a, it, I don't know. I got all kinds of friends hanging out over there, but <laughs> just. Hello, me too. <laughs> You know, so I, I had we, we I mean, got a yeah, party I, going on. <laughs> yeah. And and, you know, it's just OK. It's, but it took me, you know, honestly, it took me a little bit of time to accept accept that. And it, but now I love it because I just I wear what's comfortable and I it's I wore a lot over the summer. I wore a lot of um, 
swing dresses. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I like the cut on them. They're comfortable. That you know that it just that's kind of my go to. <laughs> I'm wearing one now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've that's one of the things I've I've been doing too. I clean cleaning out my closet where I am currently sitting and. And just really willing to get rid of anything that doesn't just wow me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I to um what's her name? The the organizer, Maria Kondo. Kondo, yeah. You know, she says, put it in your hand. If you don't love it or if you don't like the way you feel when you've got it on, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna be happy wearing it. That's been hard for me because I, I look at some of this um and things have changed in the last year, right? I mean, I look at some of the stuff in my closet that was for corporate work. Yes. Like I'm facilitating a workshop. I have to look a certain way. And half of that's just going to Goodwill because I don't need it anymore. And I also don't care. Exactly right. And it is, so, <laughs> it is so freeing, mm-hmm. you know, just to <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Yeah, the the only the only wardrobe comment that I probably you know when they came out with the leggings or jeggings and all of those now I wear them, mm-hmm. but I wear them with a top that's a little bit longer in the front. Yeah, for a reason. You know, it's just I mean yes, that's my personal taste, and I'm not judging anybody else because they wear them with a crop top. But <laughs> I take a lot of inspiration from women who are wearing what I would think would be a style for a different size woman. Yeah. And I just take so much inspiration from them going, okay, you are fearlessly just doing whatever you want to and you look fantastic because you feel good in it. It it inspires me to to be more bold. Yeah. In my fashion choices. Those are hard habits to break. They are. They really are. Like we're, you know, fish swimming in the in the water. You know, just all this cultural conditioning that is is hard to let go of and and recognize yeah. to let go of. Well, I think it's one of those things too that we need to teach, particularly our our teenage daughters. You know, um, it, they don't they can live outside the you know or dress outside the norm. I and mean, there's obviously there's certain, <laughs> um, but but I mean, I think I think it's. It, even from the, and I really don't know how many teenage magazines. I mean, I can't, I'm trying to think of the one I grew up with. Um, it, that, you know, fashion, the, the, like the fashion magazines. For me, it was 17. Yeah, 17, exactly. You know, and everybody was skinny and everybody wore just this yeah. or that. And I, and I don't know if they're still that way or not. Um, but I'd like to think, I would like to hope not. Well, I mean, there's definitely a, 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 body neutrality and body positivity movements that are that are helping with that. And I think it's really interesting too because a lot of the um you know the the fashion and the entertainment industry has so changed in the last 9 months that that they don't have the platforms they once had to push a lot of that. So I would I would hope that's changing. That's true. You know I didn't really I I hadn't given that any thought, but you're exactly right. They're not able to push their agenda um, Mm -hmm. because nobody cares and they don't have the media to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm just from a psychological perspective. I'm just intrigued, intrigued by how the, the entertainment industry is coping or evolving way outside the scope of my, of my training or my knowledge. But as an observer, 
I really am curious, like there's no, there's very little production going on and how are they scrambling and, you know, how are influencers anyway? So that's, you know, that's kind of the stuff I watch is how people are, are coping when suddenly their, their industry is gone. Yeah. I, I would like to think that would be some positive evolution of, of how we interact with entertainment, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting outcome, especially when they're, you know, at this point, they're still saying, you know, we're going to be wearing masks for a while. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go away. No, not at all. And I heard I was listening to Seth Godin this morning and his last his last podcast episode was on Zoom. And he said, you know, the, the pandemic pushed the evolution of online meetings three to five years like that into, into now what would have taken three to five years to evolve. And he said something about the next five years. And I don't think he meant, I think he, how I took that was like the pandemic's going to affect how we work and how we work together for the next five years. And I thought, wow, I haven't heard anybody say that, but that feels feasible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's been what's, um, I had a, I had a neighbor who sent me, um, a link to her grandson who's at, um, oh, I want to say he's at Ten- University of Tennessee or Tennessee U. Well, anyway, somewhere over there, but he's very, he's in, you know, very much in the media and band and chorus and what have you. Um, and they did, they did a Zoom choral piece. So they're all in their own homes, but they, they brought it all. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and, and, and I've seen somewhere the North Carolina symphony, for instance, has, um, done that. It's, and it's, yeah, it's not being face to face, but it's giving an alternative method. Yeah. It's absolutely spawning some creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Our local symphony did, um, performances on stage that they live streamed or they recorded, but they sent it via live stream to, you know, all their ticket holders. Yeah. And my friend said, you know, we were just sitting on the, on the couch with a glass of wine and the cat was in our lap and we were watching the symphony. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I certainly, I certainly hope for all the performers and artists out there that they're able to find ways to to, you know, that word pivot, find ways to perform and, and, and also to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm seeing, um, advertisements here for like pop-up art, art shows, mm-hmm. you know, all outside and limited number of artists and that kind of thing. But it, I'm glad to see that because mm-hmm. it needs to, it needs, you know, they can't, they can't live in a shell for, <laughs> no. you know, they've got to make money. They've got livelihoods too. And um, yeah. So for your artistic endeavors, you said you're cooking and you're gardening, I guess the gardening may be slowing down or are you planting a fall garden? No, it's slowing down. Cause I, yeah. I kind of, in, when it, when it hits fall, I'm, I actually welcome it um, just as a time to start winding down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um Yeah. So I, I read your blog. So, so less, less posts about gardening and more about cocktails. Yes. 
my goal is to put a cocktail on on, on, the, on there every every Friday. <laughs> oh, nice. That's my nice. goal. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my husband and I will look for that and, and make make our weekly cocktail. <laughs> yes, you know, I think I think. Well, I'm, you know, sadly, I'll I'll openly admit, I think wine and cocktails are part of what's got me through this COVID thing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we've been. Um, trying to, I guess, as in the summer, trying to safely find ways to go out. And there were, um, but everything closes so early, which is kind of a throwback. Yeah. But we found this, speaking of drinking, we found this one bar that's open till 10 p.m. And we could go in about 930 and there would be maybe two people in the place, you know, and sit at the bar and have a drink and talk to the bartender. And yeah, I mean, just those little bits of interaction are so nourishing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's probably been the biggest, well, not biggest, but one of the bigger damages uh, with, with regard is, is human touch, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Cause I know even, even for my husband and I, my father-in-law just lives one subdivision over. And when this first hit, we, we wouldn't even, you know, we would phone mm -hmm. conversation only, um, yeah. you know, or, he, you know, he wanted to come over and it was like, okay, but you're gonna have to stand out, out on the front porch and we'll talk to you. But, you know, we don't know if we're caring. He's, he's got health yeah. issues. Um, yeah, that was, and, and here our bars aren't, aren't even open. Mm. Yeah. yeah, ours are, but, and I, I hope they, at least if they're safe, I hope they can stay open. Yeah. They were saying, I, I think, know in the UK they're, they're getting more strict. Okay. Yeah, I know. I they. I think that the last I heard that they were going to open them like 30 percent, but outside si seating only. Mm. So, who knows? Yeah. Just in time for the cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's what's next for Sass and Vigor? Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, it you know, it's every day's a new day. <laughs> Are you enjoying the podcast? I am enjoying the podcast. Yeah, and and, and um, you know. Especially when I'm not doing an when I, I haven't interviewed anyone yet, um, but they're they're just short, you know, they're three to five minutes. That's it. So um, it's been fun thinking about the topics, and you know, I, I can be in the middle of something, and I'll go, I'll have this thought of, oh, that's a topic, so I have to write it down. <laughs> also, at this age, I purge files too quickly in my head, so I have to write it down. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I like that purging files. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've collected so much. I've collected so much information over the years that the filing cabinet's full. So <laughs> you know, only the really important stuff stays in there anymore. Well, you, one, one can hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, Audrey, it's been a pleasure catching up with you and talking to you about uh, all sorts of stuff. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me and, Wishing sacred women all, you know, they're much success too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so for people who want to um, get in touch with you and follow your podcast, where can they find you? At Sass and Vigor. At, the, the podcast is Sass and Vigor. So it's S-A-S-S-A-N-D-V-I-G-O-R. Um, or you can visit me at sassandvigor.com on my um, blog. Okay, great. Great. And that has both the blog and the podcast. Yes, it. it does. 
Yep. Okay. Yep. Links to the Any podcast. social media you want to share? I, it's in the works. It, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten gotten uh, all of that up and up and running yet. So more technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank I, you. I enjoyed talking to you. If you are um, looking for more episodes of the Women's Sanctuary, you can visit um, Apple, I- iTunes, uh, Google. Spotify, Spreaker, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can like and subscribe. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments or um, requests, we appreciate all your feedback. For Audrey and I, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you here again next time on The Women's Sanctuary. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. 